Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic here with Street Talk Theology. I want to say hello to all our street talkers this morning, hoping you are taking your sound theology and bringing it to the streets. Give me a shout out anytime at Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. It'll be my honor to interact with you concerning any theological issue you have on your mind. In fact, I'm bringing back this morning uh, Ken Ross, who allowed me a great privilege to speak at the Lagos Christian Academy yesterday. Uh, and the kids' questions were amazing. Ken, how did you feel about having having an old New York pastor there? Uh, uh, I think it was a very rich experience for the kids, that's for sure. You yeah, brought they, the word, you brought a testimony, and you answered some pretty deep questions, uh, my brother. Yeah, you know, something I was just thinking, and here we go again. You know, me and Ken get in the room, we'll, we'll go. You know, when, that, when, the, when one of the boys turned around and told me, uh, Pastor, he says, what is sin? He says, no, no, I'm sorry. He says, but Pastor, he says, why do I have to sin, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right exactly. that's, uh, that's no small question. Yeah, no small <laughs> question. Yeah, it was just it, out of the mouth of babes, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, I want to mention before we get into our conversation, Jesus' love for children. Uh, one of the accounts when he brought a little girl back from the dead, one thing I was thinking, um, Ken, um, is that when he brought the girl back from the dead, he said, make sure she gets something to eat. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just, that's the God we serve, right? Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. Ken? I mean, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Another time when Jesus saw a young man in the coffin, in the Gospel of Luke, he saw his mother crying and raised him from the dead and had compassion on the mother. And, and yeah. so things like that. So, and that's a perfect segue right, even though I introduced you already, to to just get back to um, our speaking about Lagos Christian Academy here in Casa Grande. Um, and, I, you know, we were trying to figure out where we left off last week, but I think we left off. And if we repeat ourselves, Italians are known to repeat ourselves anyway. <laughs> so if you're in this room, Ken, Ken you're, uh, you're half Italian or at least anyway. <laughs> but I think we left off last week is why a Christian school right? But then what you have here is what is classical education? So if we can put them together, why a Christian school? Why a classical Christian school, right? Is, right. That, yeah, is, that, is, that, is that fair enough? Yeah, is that, no, that's great. That's okay, great. good. Okay. Uh, they both are definitive of who we are. We're, for, of course, first Christian, and that means that we hold to Judeo-Christian beliefs and values and morals and mores for that matter. We also teach the scriptures, the, the Bible, as a major part of our curriculum, and uh, spiritual formation and the shaping and forming of young boys and young girls into young men and women Amen. of God is really critical to us. We promote uh, a biblical worldview, and by that what I mean is, is that we want them to view their world with God in it. However you view your world is how you live your life. If God is not a part of your worldview, then every day you get up and you live a life without God. 
You make the decisions you're going to make. You do the things that you want to do. You're engaging in whatever you want to engage in. And God is possibly this peripheral individual that at some point you might call to if you need him. That is not a Christian worldview. A Christian worldview is more more in line with what the disciples experienced. They got up in the morning and they were sleeping three feet or four feet away from Jesus. And when they woke up, they woke up with Jesus. And where they went was wherever Jesus told them. And what they did was that whatever Jesus told them to do, that's a Christian worldview. Anything other than that is less than a Christian worldview. And, and the spiritual formation, and we were talking about that because of, for other reasons, but you know, when you look at spiritual formation, Christ had a spiritually format his disciples. I mean, I mean, he gave them, I mean, spiritual formation. This is what, what I love about what you just said. This is not an hors d'oeuvre. This is your life. This is just not like a, a little hors d'oeuvre before a meal. This is everything. This is the hors d'oeuvre, the meal, the dessert, a Christian life, Christian formation or spiritual formation is a life lived out. Can is that is that yeah, fair? Exactly. I mean, his his uh, working with the disciples is a great uh, great example of it. He's doing life with them twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, he's allowing them to hear the things that were from his words that shape and form their heart and soul. They're they're allowed to witness the things that he's doing each day and to join him in those things and eventually participate doing all the very things. So, and- Please. No. And, you know, I I think about these things. And and so look at the life. Look at look at how here Dr. Ross is kind of shaping his argumentation here, saying this is what our school represents, because this is what how much is this so important today? Because now when the kids get out into the world, the formation of the world wants to shape them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, you see what I'm getting at here? Yeah, yeah. Well, the ultimate goal is, is that they're, of course, doing life with God moment by moment. It's that vacuum. They can, you know, they can spend their youth going to church, and that's their Christian experience. Right. But during the day, they're not having maybe an actual Christ experience moment by moment. And the goal is, is that we see students come out of our school that have actually learned how to walk with God in moment by moment life with him and uh, allow him to lead them and guide them and empower them and give them the words to say when the world comes to confront them, the character, so that they have the ability to stand firm in their faith and their belief. and, And in fact, instead of being then shaped by the world, they're actually reshaping the world. Instead of being influenced by the world, they're influencing the world. That's the goal uh, of of our of our Christian aspect, the, the spiritual formation of the school. So, Dr. Ross, let me let me just a question, if I may. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any children? I'm talking seventh, eighth graders here. This is my focus. You know, come up and tell you that, hey, it's really tough living in this world as a Christian because everywhere I go. it's the opposite of what I'm being taught and what I believe. Well, I think we don't have as much as that as you might think, because a lot of these kids are raised in Christian homes. Yes. A lot of them are involved in church, which is really good. And none of them go to a public school. Mm -hmm. And so they may encounter kids, uh, you know, on their block that definitely hold different values and belief systems and so forth. And, and as a result, they're confronted with the reality of, of, of the world Mm -hmm. and sin in the world. 
but for the most part, they're in a nice, a really good Christian environment, which is, which is what you want for a child. No, exactly. <laughs> well, no, no, without a doubt. But, yeah. but there is, so there is going to come a time, and correct me if I'm wrong, there is going to come a time where them kids would have to go into the workforce and things like that yeah. and, and encounter, um, you know, obviously yeah. people, and, and you see what I'm yeah. getting at? Oh, absolutely. I, One of the things that uh, recently came, uh, came to light was is that someone did, so, and I, I, I wish I could quote the survey and everything, but they did a survey and discovered that uh, almost 70% of the kids that went through children's church and youth group and high school group, once they got into a secular college, walked away from the faith. Okay. I mean, they just walked away. They were not prepared they had lived their entire lives within the context of a Christian family and church and all, and, and, and even a Christian school. But a lot of them walked away from the faith simply because they weren't doing life with the Lord. They were doing the Christian faith, I guess, and the ecclesial experience, but they weren't, they hadn't gotten to that place where they were literally walking with the Lord day by day, moment by moment. They weren't prepared. And, um, uh, and that's something I think the church has to look at. And that's something we as a school had to look at, look at as well. It's not just important that they can form a sentence or put two sentences yeah. together, which is kind of a problem with some people right now. Or, no, no. or you know, uh, critically think. It's important that they have a moment-by-moment contemporary relationship. With and them. you know something? I don't want to make it um, any harder for you. But I, as, as I look at you and I look at your heart for these children, it's a huge responsibility God has given you because he wants these children shaped in the things of God. I mean, you have a huge responsibility as to make sure that, you know, the curriculum and things like that are there to shape them in the way that God would want them to be. So I'm I'm I'm. Obviously, we know God is sovereign, but still, you're in a position where um, it's a huge challenge for you. I appreciate that. You mentioned earlier Alistair Begg, and I was listening to him this morning coming into work, and he, he made the statement, there is no more daunting task on the earth than to shape and form a child's life. To raise children, the Lord. that is like the daunting task. And Jesus, I think, you know, said that as well. These are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. These children that were placed before me, these are the great ones. These are the big ones. And, uh, I, you know, I pastored for almost 30 years, and I would say the responsibility I have now is is monumental in comparison. Well, I, I think that, w- <laughs> the, see, the thing is, the, the you know, pastoring is people, as you know, being in the church, there are people that you pastor and there's some people that just come to church on Sunday and you yeah. never interact with them. The kids though, even yesterday as I was there, they're kind of so transparent. They're kind of so, they, they, they're, you know, they're people, they, they're going to, um, they, I'll, I'll give you an old New York term. They're going to let their hair down, so to speak. They're going to, I mean, how many questions? You had to, they, you had to stop it yesterday. They, they don't have any filters either. They'll <laughs> exactly, tell you exactly yeah. the way it is. Exactly. It's really refreshing. Um, let me see. I got a couple of, you know, when, when me and Dr. Ross get together, we start with three or four questions and we only do one, but I do have one here. What are your concerns with the present academic experience for children in the public schools. I mean, this kind of goes right along with our conversation, right? Yeah. Well, there is, uh, it's kind of a combination of things. There's, uh, there's multiple curriculums. Uh, there is the curriculum that has to do purely with academics. And uh, 
And that is the math and the science and the grammar and all the rest of it. That aspect of it has over the years gotten less and less and less as far as the depth of it all. Uh, history is not taught as, as largely as it was at one point. They want to cancel history. Of right. course, they're not going yeah. to teach it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Latin is no longer taught, which was a base in the 1800s and early 1900s. Everybody took Latin. They're not teaching logical thinking anymore. Um, so there's that academic side that just seems to be getting, not, I don't want to say dumber, but I kind of want to say dumber and dumber or less and less in regards to the depth of it. They that's trying to cancel culture? Is that yeah, you? Well, that's that's there too. And that's the other side of it. The other yeah. side, of, there's two curriculums, one or maybe three. One of them has to do with academics, the curriculum. The other has to do with philosophy and ideology, has to do with culture. Right, 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 um, right. So I, one of the things that I say is that at Logos Christian Academy, we're, uh, we're about helping our students learn how to think. Okay. It seems like in public schools, I don't mean to, you know, to diminish. No, no, that's okay. That's good though. In public schools, it's almost like they're being told what to think, not how to think. This is a great, this is, uh, I mean, we don't want robots. This is a huge issue. Yeah, we need thinkers. We yeah, need critical thinkers. Exactly. We need critical thinkers. If you know, and the problem is it's so easy to just follow. I'll tell you what, Peter Berger, you familiar with Peter Berger? Yeah, the name, yes. Yeah, Peter Berger, um, I want to say this right. He was a Christian sociologist, right? And he coined a term called cognitive contamination, mm. where ideas catch on like coals. Yeah. And, and I think what happens is when you are just eating up people's ideologies, you, 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 like you said, you don't become a, your own thinker. You're taking on the yeah. ideology of an, and, and that's a great point. Well, and if you add to that as well, we've become a soundbite you know, generation. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, in the past, if you were, you were going to make a statement about something, you would back that statement up with some kind of facts and knowledge and so forth. But, but today, all you have to have is a soundbite, and people just believe it. They don't think it through to go, wait a minute. Uh, you know, there was, there was a statement made during the campaign this year that uh, a presidential candidate basically said uh, 200,000 people has died of COVID, and if, if I'd have been president, not a single person would have died. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's impossible, in fact. Of course. But it became a campaign exactly. thing. Uh, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to dismiss that candidate, obviously, but it's like, if you're going to say something, you need to be able to, th or, or hear something, you need to be able to have the tools to be able to see whether it's true or not, to think and it through. Th this is, I'm telling you, this is, I can spend two hours on this topic. Because if you go on the news today, just think about, your typical news station, I'm not right. talking about CNN or, or Fox. No, I'm talking about just your regular local news. They'll say things like um, 16 people were killed in in Iraq. I'm only using words. And then before you know it, they'll say that and they'll say, well, uh, Alex Rodriguez is dating Jennifer. I mean, it's just that there's no, no, I'm just saying there's yeah. no, I mean, when you talk about people getting killed, we want, I mean, there's, there's a lot there and you just skip with these sound bites yeah, and, yeah. and this is, and, and that's how our, so our life becomes a life of sound bites. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And um, we're trained, we've trained uh, you know, students to think that way. Uh, 
commercials are basically sound bites. That's what they are. And they're short and succinct simply because that's all, that's what they want. They want to just throw something at it really, really fast. And um, so we, you know, we, we think part of the responsibility, our academic responsibility is not just to uh, give them skills and abilities in math and science and you know, grammar and all the rest of that, but also give them the ability of thinking too. They need to have critical. So we teach logic. We teach two years of logic, one in seventh and one in eighth grade. And those are some of the distinctives of classical education. Uh, it's kind of, you know, we want to go back to what we had before the turn of the 20th century from the Renaissance until the turn of the 20th mm -hmm. century. All modernism was our modern uh, students were taught classically and, uh, and, you know, we've lost that. And so that's the purpose of going back to classical, yeah. classical education. Uh, the other thing I think about, too, which is so important, uh, again, with sound bites and things where. So here's my question. The Bible says for the parents to bring their children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So how much feedback do you have with the parents? Um, how do you know that? that they are actually uh, building on what you got, what you are teaching in the school. Cause that's, that's a huge, that's a huge deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We are a covenant based school. Yes. And, uh, and so we're, we're based our, for a student to be able to come to our school, they have to commit, make a commitment, a, a promise. Basically mm. the student has to promise to do certain things in the classroom. The, the teacher makes a promise to the student that they're going to do certain things in the classroom mm. and the parents, they make a promise and commitment as well that they will do certain things. It takes all three of those. If any one of them, and they're all equal, the teacher has to bring what they bring to the table or it's done. It's over. Yeah, we spoke about this. This is like synergistic, right? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, well, so the parents' role is huge. You know, they, they make commitments to pray for their student, to uh, to co-teach with the teacher. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're yeah. needed to be their, their uh, accountability person, to be uh, their cheerleader. Uh, with pom-poms and everything you can do yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. they're they're great participants hey dr ross what is your so do you are you more of and this is not i mean you know obviously you're because you're responsible first and foremost to the lord yes, right amen. you know bring the little children to me yes, right? so you, you have a huge responsibility um are you more of a micro manager do you or do you kind of dole out i mean what's your what's your leadership my, my management philosophy yeah you like that <laughs> uh, leadership uh yeah skills. an interesting uh tack to take but that's okay uh well uh i okay and the reason i, I asked that because the reason i know i'm you got it because there are maybe there's people listening to the show that oh, thinking sure, hey should i send my uh son or my daughter to lagos i mean here in casa grande yeah you no, know absolutely uh, I see my primary role uh, at Logos Christian Academy as the as the number one servant, basically. Uh, our, our if I was to do a um, a pyramid system as to our organization, I would say that uh, instead of the CEO being at the top of the pyramid, mm. the student is. And wow. Then, and, and, Amen. Under, and underneath mm. the student is the teacher, and underneath the, the teacher is the is the office staff. Underneath the office staff is me, and this is how it works. But first of all, the student is the ultimate thing. So, and then of course, underneath me is the board. So, I'm the chief servant at the school. I serve uh, this, the teachers, and I 
do everything I can to give them everything they need to be able to teach the very best. Amen. The teachers are servants to the students. Their job is to make them successful spiritually, academically, in character, and so forth. So, I, you know, as far as on campus, I'm the number one slave. <laughs> and I serve to make my teachers the very best teachers they can be so that they can make their students the very best that they can be as far as academic and spiritual. And again, this, so just think about, again, it's that synergistic type of way of, you sure. know, all these components all working together. Yeah, but all it's, it's all about the students. That's why we exist. It's about that child being able to realize why God created them. That's really what it's all about. So street talkers, are you are you out there trying to think about where you want to send your child to school? Well, I recommend Lagos Christian Academy. How's that? <laughs> I, <appreciate> that. <laughs> I can put a plug in for nice Lagos, plug. right? Very nice. Um, <laughs> so how do you see Lagos Christian Academy's role in preparing students? Here's a huge question for the postmodern culture. That's a, and we were touching on that a little bit, but that's a... That's a huge question, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, postmodernism actually came in about eight or nine years ago, and they're, they're probably, some would say, even that's maybe dead, and another one has arisen. Yeah. Uh, but They but, keep morphing, right? Yeah, they really do. And, and unfortunately, each morph is farther and farther away yeah. from a Jew, Judeo-Christian uh, yeah. culture. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, we are. So we are, uh, you know, our students are going to enter into a world in which and I know this may be hard for some people to hear, but in which uh, in the lives of everyday people, uh, God has been displaced by self. Self is the new God. Yes. You know, and as a result of that, I will decide uh, what my gender will be. I will, not God, even though he created me. I will decide what sexuality I will you know, experience. Not God, even though he created me that, uh, for, for a certain sexual thing. I will decide what I'm going to do with my life and so forth. That's the world our, our kids, our students are, are going to walk into. Uh, they are going to live the antithesis of that life. God has created me a boy, a girl, a man, a woman. God has established me to be in a heterosexual relationship and a monogamous relationship with, with one other individual. And these are landmines today. I mean, I you, can't even, you can't even talk about them. They, they want to, I mean, these are landmines. Uh, who would ever believe it? These are landmines that our students are going to step into, and they yeah. have to be prepared for those. They have to be ready to live out how God created them to live with him in front of a world that is doing the very opposite. Well, Ken, think about this. I mean, 20 years ago, I mean, you wouldn't, this wouldn't, I mean, this is, I mean, it's just what, it's almost like, I mean, <laughs> you really. You've run out of words there, buddy. <laughs> what happened? You've run out of words. No, yeah, because I'm just saying, I mean. I know, it's hard like, to. so fast it happens, you know, yeah. you wake up and there's a new, there's a morph of this, uh, there's a morph of this postmodernism just, Every day, I mean, it, who, it just... Yeah. There is a positive side to this, though. Oh, I'm, I'm, please, please. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Rose. Please, can I have a positive side? And uh, I'll go back because we're a classical school and we have a huge emphasis on history. I'm going to go back to history. Is that okay? Yeah. So no, yeah. No, yes. We want history. We, <laughs> so, we love Christ and him crucified and resurrected. So I'll give you a short history lesson. And we got about three and a half minutes. Right, See here that? We go. Uh, there was a study that was done years ago. A guy did his PhD on this, this study as to why he's not a Christian. 
as to why the church exploded in the first century and second centuries and how it actually ended up being the, the faith of, of Roman Empire before it was over with. And so he went back, he studied all the leaders, the apostles and all the rest of it. And, and what he discovered was two things. Number one, it wasn't about the leaders. It wasn't about the apostles. It wasn't about pastors and so forth. It was fundamentally about the people. Mm. The Christians were unique individuals. They were doing things that no one else was doing, behaving ways, living ways, and so forth. So here were these people that were staying married. They weren't divorcing. They weren't engaged in, in uh, you know, immoral behavior. They were actually good, holy people. And they did things like rescue babies on, si on sidewalks that were left to die because they didn't have abortion in those days. They'd leave them out at night and freeze to death. And so Christians would come and take the babies and take them home and raise, raise them. them uh, people were sick, they'd leave them out on the front porch, and then the family would go to Caesarea to the beach and have a good time and come back and bury them. Christians were going in the middle of the night and taking these and bringing them back to hell. So, uh, and then on the other side of it was, was that the Roman Empire had become so evil, so corrupt, they were sick of it. See, what, what's going to happen, uh, Pastor Dominic, is, is that when all this stuff plays out that they're doing right now, what we see is the beginnings of all of this. What we don't see right. is at some point people are going to go, I'm sick of the filth. I'm sick of, of the, the, this whole thing. It kind of happened during the uh, sexual revolution and yeah. the, the revival we had yeah. during that time. And so we have these individuals, these, these students that would become adults that in the right moment and in the right time will be amazing for the, for the world when they finally say, I've had enough of all of this. I want a marriage. I want a holy life. I want to live a better life. And they will be in place to be able yeah, to help and you, with them. Listen, you street talkers, you, you're really missing because you, you have to see Dr. Ross's enthusiasm here of, of what he believes in. <laughs> Um, you met, you know, and, and we got about two minutes and I was thinking and I read this, it was maybe in one of my classes when I was in seminary, uh, uh, Pliny the Elder, he was uh, said things like, you know, during plagues where Christians would go there and stay with the people who were dying and, and Pliny would say things who was the farthest thing from a Christian. He would say, man, I don't believe in that stuff, but man, exactly. look at Right. I mean, look at how these people are living their life where they would actually stay with somebody and they would actually catch the same plague that they're trying to minister. In other words, living a life of Christ, giving life for, you know, that, that obviously giving up their life. And I believe that Christian character today is missing. And man, I'm, I'm serious. You got like a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> Close us out. I mean, give us some encouragement that maybe it isn't all that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think one of the things that uh, that Jesus had was this remarkable vision for something beyond himself, and that's why he had disciples. He didn't just see his present ministry; he saw a ministry that would go on for the next two thousand years. Mm. And I think whenever you're you're uh, dealing with children or you have children, you have to have that kind of vision. We don't think about the child as they are right now, and you as parents can't as well. You have to think of the adult that they're going to become and the world that they're going to live in. And what you do now... Having a long view. Yes. And what you do now either prepares them for that or doesn't. Uh -huh. You can send your child into the future with everything they need to succeed as a Christian, and they will, or you cannot. And you can leave them without those things, and they'll go for the rest of their life without those things. And the choice is yours, mom and dad. 
Oh, I like the way he ended. Listen, and listen, you have not heard the last of Dr. Ross because we're trying to we're trying to set up some theological issues that we can talk about. But anyway, listen, this has been an honor. Thank you, Dr. Ross. Um, thank you, Street Talkers, for uh, listening today. And this is Pastor Dominic Romali. And um, blessed be, blessed be in the name of the Lord for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org. <laughs>